So about a few months ago, I recorded an interview with Mac and Murphy of the Species podcast, and it's taken me a bit of a while to get it edited properly. Yeah, so here it is, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you also have fun listening to his podcast. All right, see you soon. So I've hit record. Now you can ask as many questions as you like. <laughs> okay. So, um, hello and welcome to the show. Um, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself and, um, yeah. Yeah, sure. My name is Mackin. I'm the host of Species Podcast, a podcast where we cover a different animal every week. Yeah. And yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's all I can really say about myself. That's the only relevant information, but yeah, I'm the host of Species. Okay. And I just also want to know, like, because it's obviously, it's a very popular show. I just want to know, like, how, like, why did you, how did you end up starting the podcast? And, and how did it sort of all come about? Yeah, that's a very good question. So the way that I started the podcast was, well, I've been a long time podcast listener. I've probably listened mm. to at least one podcast a day since I was about 15 years yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, listen to a podcast every night when I'm going to sleep, listen to podcasts when I'm traveling, when I'm doing running errands, that kind of thing, um, or doing busy yeah. work. And so podcasting as a medium was something that has been familiar with me that I've, I've been very familiar with for a very long time. And so when I got to university, um, I kind of had a, a just a windfall of time where suddenly suddenly I had a lot of free time where I could do things and pursue activities that I wanted to do. Yeah. And I thought it would be a good idea to start a podcast. And the topic that I wanted to do um, was animals because I've been interested in animals my whole life. Growing up, I had just an insane menagerie of pets, just a, just a, an absurd number. Um, it was like Noah's Ark in my house. I had several guinea pigs, uh, rabbits couple rats, um, dogs, three dogs, um, several birds growing up. I think I had five birds total oh. growing up. Um, yeah, just, just uh, hamsters galore, probably seven or eight <laughs> hamsters. The list just goes on and on. Two frogs. Oh, wow. it, it's, it's an insane number of animals. So I really grew up with animals around me, and I grew up in an area with a lot of wildlife. So there were ducks outside of my house growing yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like it, like it was really... It was really kind of a merging of those two interests where I was always interested in nature and wildlife growing up, always watching wildlife shows. I had like wildlife trading cards, all that kind of thing. And I kind of had left that interest behind. I wasn't thinking about it that much. But then in college, I took some classes on animals and I kind of rediscovered my interest in wildlife. Yeah. And I wanted to do kind of an interdisciplinary approach to animals. I didn't really want to do just kind of a narrow look mm -hmm. at them from a biological perspective, even though I think that would be interesting. What I, what I wanted to do instead, I think animals are really good topics to... Uh, it's a good topic to talk about if you want to talk about yeah. many topics. Yeah. And so I wanted to do a show where I brought on an animal 
for each episode, um, told you all the biological information you'd want to know about them, but also talk about historical facts about this animal and related to this animal, how they interact with our culture, um, our kind of philosophical ideas that I can pick apart. And so I wanted to do all of that in one. And so it was a combination of already being interested in podcasts, already being interested in animals, and suddenly having a lot of time where I could do this um, and use it as a creative outlet. So that's how Species got started. And uh, you're correct that it is a very popular show, but that took a very yeah. long time. Yeah. The first the first year of production, um, it I was not that many mm. people listening, um, probably in the low hundreds. And it was, on, it was only in the second year this past yeah. year that it, re uh, for reasons that are more or less mysterious to me, um, that it is more or less taken off. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think that's like similar with me. Like I, I've always been interested in insects and I kind of, you know, I went to uni, I did other things and I sort of left that interest behind. But now, you know, um, because I grew up around a lot of wildlife and stuff and I've also got, you know, at the moment I'm working from home and I've got a lot more spare time, I can actually go out and look for things and see, oh yeah, here's, there's this insect and that, you know, so and here's this bird and that bird is like, um, whereas before I wouldn't really have had the time to, to do it so much. Yeah. Right, right, of course. Yeah, no, insects are definitely underrated animals. I wasn't super interested in, it, in insects mm. growing up, and that's something where I've only just become interested mm. in them um, through doing my podcast because I like to have a very, a very balanced look at different yeah. species. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that I've listened to your podcast. I'm glad that you're covering um, ladybugs and that you're focusing on yeah. insects yeah. because... I think that they're kind of, we don't realize that most of the species on earth, I think, mm. actually, you might have to fact check me on this, but I think that most of the species on earth are yeah. insects, certainly a huge preponderance of them. Yeah. And they're living in this insane, tiny world. They're battling, they're fighting over territory, they're mating, they're having social interactions. They're In the case of like bees and ants, they're building mm. hives, building empires, and those empires fall. And it's insane that we walk around in our kind of big world and don't even notice that there's this underworld of tiny animals interacting all the time. So, yes, insects, fascinating. I'm glad that you're covering them because, frankly, I don't really cover them enough. But I, I try to yeah. every every couple months or so, every probably, I throw up an episode about um, about insects or in, at least invertebrates, certainly. Yeah, I think, but I think what your show is good is it's got a really good range. So, like, sometimes it's an insect and sometimes it's a bird or, like, um, a fish or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So no, like any a, animals, any animals, yeah. fair game. Yeah, any animals, fair game. So, how do you sort of decide what kind of animals to cover on the show every week? Do you just randomly pick them or do you have, a like, a list that you... Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, at this point, at this point, I'm not the decider. I do not decide. Um, it is it is basically chosen for me by listener requests. Mm -hmm. So I have this massive document that I'll never get to the end of um, where basically almost every day at this point, mm -hmm. it seems I have someone requesting a species of animal and I add that animal to the list. Sometimes like if, if an animal has been requested by three, four, five people, yeah. then I'm going to bump that animal up to the top. But if, I mean, really, like, like I guess, I, I guess I do decide in the sense that if an animal piques my interest, yeah, um, th then I'll do them. But I don't think, I mean, I would have to look at the list, but I, I don't think in the past year. Let me just look at this really quickly. I'm just gonna bring it up. 
Um, I don't think that in the past year I've done a single episode that I chose yeah. um, in any relevant sense. Like it's always, yeah. Um, it's it's always a listener request, which is great. I mean, it's incredibly gratifying to have people. Yeah. So yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I think for the past year, every single episode. I did it because it was requested by a listener, and that's great. I mean, it's it's great to get listener requests, but that yeah. is how I decide. It is by popular demand every single week. Yeah. Yeah, and I think sort of once you... Because, I mean, I've, at the moment, I've got, I guess, I suppose around 20 or 30 people, I think, that regularly listen, and I don't really get that many listener requests, although I did. Um, right. I have, and if if someone requests something, I'll make sure that I do it. And the, but then I suppose if you've got like hundreds of people listening and hundreds of requests, there's going to be like a limited, um, um, you know. I mean, you're gonna like if one person says I do this, then like I'll do it. Yeah. On the no, 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 no. no, no. I, like, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do the, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I had. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, getting anyone to listen to your work is yeah. fantastic. So even even 30 listeners, I mean, that was so I remember having 30 listeners. That was probably the first the first two months. I probably yeah. had 20 downloads total. Yeah. Sorry, I got to mute this. I don't know why I'm getting a notification don't here. Worry, it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it's definitely true that I remember my first listener requests. I was like, oh, of course, I'll, I'll do it next week. Um, but now it's definitely a case where um, the, the highest priority is when like when I, I've had this happen twice where it has turned it into basically an emergency where I've gotten a really nice little note from a this has happened twice where a kid has sent in something that they've saved sent in a donation to the show because the show's run on donations yeah, i don't yeah, do ads yeah um yeah. where a kid has saved up their allowance to donate mm -hmm. and request an animal and that is like if i don't do that i'm a monster mm -hmm. right so that that is top of the priority <laughs> list is to um is to get them their request um so if you want that's that's kind of the takeaway from this show if you want me to do something you can pose as a young child donating their allowance. And if you're, if you, if you're willing to bend your moral rules to that point, then yes, you will get, you will get the episode within the week. Um, but yeah, no, that is, that is the most effective way to request for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think I, I want to ask, like, I guess what the best thing is about doing it, about doing the show for you? Yeah, the best thing is definitely hearing from people. Um, yeah. I mean, that is, oh my God, sorry. Um, so that is definitely the, that is definitely the best part is hearing from people. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, getting, getting notes, getting emails, getting tweets. That is something that is almost overwhelming um, to get so much mm. feedback all the time. Um, and it's something that's probably not good for your brain because not mm. all of it's good. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people say nasty things, oh. um, but it's definitely the best part, um, is like getting, getting an email or a tweet from someone who's like, Hey, you made my day. Um, or this was awesome. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's the best. That's the best. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be the best part for sure. Cause it, it really lets you know that people are getting something out of it. I mean, the numbers um, like you say, I mean, the, the numbers are kind of intangible. Like if I, if I see that 
a thousand people listen to the show today. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I don't even know. Like, if I imagine a thousand people in a room, <laughs> yeah, that seems yeah. like, that's, that seems like a crazy number of, and even with 30, I mean, 30 people in a room, that's a full room, right? That's a lot of people listening. Um, so, so it's weird to, it's weird to think about it in those terms. And it's hard to be like, well, are they really like, I don't even know if those people exist, but when you hear from someone, um, which, um, which is, which is now common, certainly wasn't before. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, that is, that is the most gratifying part. Cause it really lets you know, someone's listening and it gives you a chance to interact with them. So I try, I try to respond to everyone who contacts me, but it, it's really not possible. Yeah. And uh, have you had any sort of, um, like negative like experiences or anything like that oh yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, of course I mean I've had I've had many negative experiences I've had many negative experiences today (laughs) it's it's so there's there's definitely there's 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 definitely people who say negative things Mm. not it's honestly it's not usually negativity because of what something I said on my podcast, though that does yeah, happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually it's because I've gotten some degree of attention from doing the podcast. And then the, uh, then with that platform, mm-hmm. I sometimes speak, I don't speak about veganism on the show, yeah, but I yeah. sometimes speak about animal rights because I'm an animal rights activist. And so that kind of combination of having kind of a lot of eyes mm-hmm. on target. And mm-hmm. then I say something that's apparently controversial um, mm. that is when I get negative feedback, but on the podcast, I think that, I mean, I've gotten some like one star reviews, um, but usually those reviews are actually from people who, um, yeah. from people who have more of an issue with me as a person than my podcast, yeah. which I don't know if that's better or worse, yeah. but, um, but usually, usually it's not, I hate species podcast. Usually it's uh, Mackin is the worst. Um, so <laughs> that, the, that's the negativity I get for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, sometimes, do you ever think it's, I mean, when you have people that come in, like, who really are coming at it from a very, very opposite point of view, like, do you ever, do you ever find, do you ever get them to listen or, or like, do you, is it always a complete waste of time or do sometimes they listen? Oh, yeah. Your point of view oh, yeah. No, most of the time. Some, yeah, I mean, of course, um, of course, I think that conversations can change minds and many interactions that I have are positive, even on controversial topics. Yeah. I, I think that I think that usually if you're right, mm. not usually, but if you're right and you're just you're able to persuade if you understand how to talk to people in a way that doesn't polarize them. Yeah. Um, usually if someone will talk to me for long enough on the on veganism and animal rights topics. Yeah. Usually if someone's willing to engage in that dialogue, I can convince them of my point of view. Now, that doesn't happen over Twitter. That doesn't happen online. But yeah. if someone if someone were to have a, a conversation over the phone with me or meet with me face to face, of course, I, 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 that, that is an easy conversation to have. And it's usually a positive one. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of people have this idea that people don't change their minds often. But yeah. you'd be shocked how easy it is to convince someone of your point of view as long as yeah. you're willing to treat them like a human, treat them like an adult, and um, be kind to them during the conversation. That They'll often see your point of view. Yeah, I think so. Because sometimes, definitely sometimes I think, well, there's no point talking to that person. They probably won't agree with me. And actually turns out that they do. So, <laughs> yeah. or that they, or yeah. even if they don't agree, that they're still like willing to like see the other person's point of view. And also, mm-hmm. like, I think what you said about 
making sure in a way that you know you're not um you're putting your point across in a way that doesn't um that doesn't seem to be like personally attacking them like even if yeah. you actually are because I-, I think rightly or wrongly some animal rights activists have sometimes kind of got that um people have formed that impression of them which is sometimes pretty yeah. unfair but like you know going in like i think you shared that video of people like going into a restaurant and shouting at people for eating chicken or even if they even if they actually weren't eating chicken, yeah chicken maybe they weren't <laughs> yeah no i don't i don't i don't i don't necessarily i mean i'm kind of agnostic on its effects if it was a, if it was effective it's that's fine but yeah. i don't think it is effective i don't i don't think that yelling at someone while they're eating their food is the way to persuade them yeah. um yeah, yeah I, I think there there are, there are many other ways to be persuasive yeah. um to people and i think that yelling at them I mean, generally raised voice voices don't lead to changed minds. That, that's yeah. not something that typically happens. Yeah. I think sometimes it ha- it can be effective, but it seems to be a ver- it's very specific situations, I think. But yeah. Yeah. So wonder what um I just thought I'd ask you, like, what is your um favorite animal? Um What's my favorite animal? Well, that's a good question. Um I'm going to say the Kia yeah. from New Zealand is my yeah. favorite animal, but I'm, I mean, I'm not sure if that's true. Maybe if I thought about it longer, I'd change my mind. Um, it, that's not necessarily my favorite episode of Species. I don't really have a favorite episode of Species, but in terms of, in terms of which animals I'm most interested in, the mm. Kia is fascinating. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is a parrot that has converged with humans in many ways. They're extremely intelligent. They're extremely social. They're extremely good at problem solving. Yeah. They're the only parrot that lives in the mountains. Um, they, they have laughter. They can they can apparently make each other laugh. I don't really know if it's necessarily entirely analogous. And they're, yeah. they're yeah. so full of personality. If you watch videos of these birds, I haven't seen one in person, unfortunately. Maybe that, mm. maybe that mm. should be a prereq to declaring an animal my favorite. But, to say if it's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. right. But, but it, is, it is something where if you want me to click on an article, um, the animal that is most yeah. likely to make me click is going to be the Kia because I'm always interested to see what those yeah. birds are doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and do you have a favorite insect or... Favorite insect. So, hmm, I'm not sure that I do. I think that I'll say one episode of species that I did, I, that I did where that I found fascinating. Um, I'm not sure if I could call them my favorite. It would be kind of weird to call them my favorite given the context, but there, there's this animal called the Asian giant hornet, the Asian giant hornet. I did an episode on that. And that, that is one where I, every fact that came out about this animal while I'm researching and even while I'm writing it and even when I'm recording it, I'm just getting surprised and re-surprised by the same facts that I already know because they're so shocking. Um, but this is an animal that is, I mean, it's, it's a hornet, but, it, but the, the body of the hornet, if you can imagine, is about the size of your thumb. The, the yeah, stinger yeah. on the hornet is about the size of a thumbtack. And their wingspan, if you look at the back of your hands, their wingspan stretches from knuckle to knuckle, right? So this is a big animal. This is, this is a hornet the size of a hummingbird, right? This is a huge, huge hornet. And they, yeah. their, their stings leave, their stings kill people. First off, I mean, it's literally like the yeah. numbers of people. I think they kill 30 a year in North in Northeast mm-hmm. uh, China alone um, and dozens in Japan as well, I think. 30 a year? Uh, yeah, no, 30 yeah, no, they're killing a lot of people. Um, and it's, it's tragic, but it's also insane. Um, and so th- this animal is 
they're specialized in killing honeybees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this all this mutualistic stuff. I won't go too much into detail, but this is an animal no. that is fascinating. And I think that that's probably one of the most interesting insects that I've covered. And it's definitely the insect that I um, enjoyed talking about the most, as far as I remember. Mm. Yeah. that That is absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I'm not really a huge fan of hornets or wasps yeah. because i was stung quite a lot when i was a kid <laughs> but they are really they are really interesting especially the sort of social interactions and stuff that they that they've got yeah like yeah i mean and, we could get into that too yeah <laughs> that, uh, yeah <laughs> so if you've got any sort of funny stories about insects or or like there's any there's anything ever happened to you that's hmm. amused you in connection with an insect uh, I don't think so, to be honest. I, I haven't, I haven't had any, I don't have any insects that are personal friends. No. <laughs> um, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure about that, to be honest. I don't think I have any funny oh, okay. stories, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I was also, like, I was wondering, I wanted to ask you, actually, like, since you, um, you know, since, you know, you post a lot of stuff about veganism and, 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 and animal rights and that kind of thing. Like recently in the UK, there's been a lot of publicity around the possibility of of eating insects as a, as like a alternative method. Yeah, that's um, completely insane. So- it's completely insane. <laughs> it's like we can either eat plants, right, yeah, which yeah, which yeah. are perfectly suitable, complete mm. protein, like the the literally fantastic foods, wondrous foods. We could eat plants and save the environment, or we could eat slightly less efficient insects, right? Uh, we could we could create torture chambers yeah. for insects and turn them into bean burgers. Like like it's it's a completely insane proposition. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not even sure if you looked at the data whether it would actually be that much more energy efficient. Yeah, it's disgusting. I don't think most people would want to eat insects. No. Um, and it's it's I think it's. I think it's just replacing one form of cruelty mm. with another. I mean, maybe, I mean, let's say that insects suffer less than cows and pigs and chickens. I think they do. Mm. I would be very surprised yeah. if an insect has a capacity for suffering that is comparable to that of a cow. Yeah. But if you actually look at the numbers, you're killing, what, one cow for 400 burgers? I don't know how many burgers a cow can make, but yeah. a year's worth of burgers from one cow. Yeah. Or we could have one burger from a hundred insects, right? So you keep doing that multiplication, right? And soon you've got four, what, what would it be using the numbers that I just pulled out of my head? Um, 40,000 insects yeah, yeah. Um, a year for, for a burger a day. That, like that, that is per person. I mean, this, yeah. this would be, yeah, this would be a complete, it would be immoral. Um, it might not be environmental. And it's frankly disgusting. Um, I think it's weird that I see these articles pop up every Every other week, it seems there's another article that's like, oh, should we eat cockroaches? Wouldn't that be more environmentally sustainable? No. It's like, just eat plants. (laughs) Like, if you care about the environment, it is so easy to just eat plants. And it's so much healthier. And it's, yeah, no. uh, So on the eating insects front, (laughs) I have made my decision. (laughs) Uh, I have strong opinions about that. Yeah, Yeah, I I know. Because it's just, I just, like, you know, that... And they keep on, they keep on um, making, like these companies keep on starting up with like chocolate covered crickets. It's like no. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I know they do it in other countries, yeah. and so if I, for them, for them, it wouldn't be gross. I don't want to imply that I have some cultural value no, in this, no. but I mean, it, it's it's definitely. I don't think it's any more gross than eating other animals, yeah. but I think most people would find it disgusting. So it's um. Yeah, you know. I think, and I think also the the parts of the world where they they do eat insects, it's not like cockroach. It's not like random cockroaches. It's like very established traditions of having like um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really yeah. sure about that. I, I, I honestly don't really know much about the data there. But of course, like when I say it's disgusting, I also think that eating pigs yeah. is disgusting. Yeah. I also think that eating cows is disgusting. Yeah. It's all disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I personally would find insects particularly revolting, but yeah. that's a normative judgment and yeah, of to each their own. Yeah, yeah no, I, 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 tend, I, I tend to agree with you there because also there's no... I mean, we we generally tend to think that they that they don't have the capacity for suffering and stuff, but they must do on on some level. Like, you know, they. Yeah, I mean, they have pain receptors. What are they for if not for feeling pain? I mean, that that is the question that cuts through the ignorance. It's like, why do they have nociceptors? Why do they have um, a nervous system if not to feel? Why do they have brains if not to think? Yeah. So, I, do I think that their do I think that their thought processes and experiences are likely much simpler than ours? Yeah. Yes. Do I think that it's possible that they're unconscious and they're more like little robots? I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's likely. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think insects suffer. Yes, I think that it would be replacing one problem yeah, with another. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm skeptical that it would be more eco-friendly because in the end, you're still growing tons of crops to feed to insects. Yeah. yeah. So I also wondered, um, are you going to mention any ladybirds or ladybugs on the show at some point or... Yeah, I should. I should, especially having done this interview. Um, I'll have to add them to the list. What species should I cover? Um, maybe, I mean, I'd quite like to maybe either the seven spots, because um, they're quite well, they're quite well known and they're very, they're hugely successful, like all around the world. And it'd be interesting to like get your take on it, I suppose. And then also the um, harlequin, maybe like the um, multicolored Asian ladybird. The one that comes into people's houses and, and stuff. Okay. They would that that would be quite that would be all right. Those both of those would be quite interesting, although they're all pretty interesting. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'll remember that. So, what do you get any sort of interesting ladybugs around there or? Uh, not that I know of. I haven't looked into the local ladybugs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. Okay. Um, yeah, so the other thing I wanted to ask you is, like, the, um, the last episode that you did, I, th I think the one, the last one I listened to was talking about that, um, that monk, is it the monk parrot, the monk parakeet that was, um, yeah, the monk parakeet, hugely, um, invasive and it had, um, kind of been, um, it was obviously a very intelligent, um, a very intelligent animal because it, um, built all of those nests that um kind of like apartment blocks as you um described and seemed um hugely intelligent but um obviously there's a bit of a problem like with invasive species because they get you know they get released into the environment and stuff i just wanted to sort of ask a bit more what you think about that um like 
Yeah, it's it's a complicated topic. I'm not a conservation biologist, but it is it is complicated. I mean, you have invasive species in areas that we've already invaded, and it's complicated. Like when a monk parakeet is living in a city, it's kind of I mean, there's no natural ecosystem there anyway, Um, and so it's hard to know what to do Mm. in those cases. And even in cases where they've invaded places where they really shouldn't be, where they're really causing damage, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what we should do because oftentimes conservate or um programs to kill invasive species are often unsuccessful um and they're often ineffective in reaching their goals i think the main thing with invasive species is to stop them from from Mm. invading in the first place yeah yeah because i think with the um the the multicolored asian ladybirds um what's happened is because there's been so much publicity around the fact that this ladybird is like an endangered species, but people, because they, you know, they're not, what for whatever reason, some people have thought, well, right, there's a ladybird. If I haven't seen this type before, I'm going to kill it because uh, I think it's an invasive species and it could be, and that is actually doing a lot more harm than good because it's killing a lot of the ones that are actually quite rare and you don't see them as often. Mm. Yeah. So I think sometimes it a lot of these sort of um, campaigns can do more harm than good. Sometimes, although you do need to stop them yeah. invading in the first place. Yeah. So the other thing is like with um you know obviously like the last few years um people um they they does seem to be like a. Do you think there's been like a sort of change in in people's attitudes to like? I guess insects and sort of invertebrates that aren't that traditionally aren't as regarded as as um as cute like other animals are because I mean I know that in the last few years there's definitely been like a lot of publicity around like saving the bees or saving like the insects. Do you think it's do you think it's changed like over there as well or? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think that with bees specifically, there's definitely been a lot of success um, in terms of getting public opinion mobilized on their side. But I'm not sure more generally whether that's part of a larger trend. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Um, And what do you think we can, I guess, do um, to sort of, I guess, like help... um, to um what what are like some of the things that we can do to sort of um help people i suppose like take a more positive view of um of insects and other animals that people would normally not regard as um worth worth being um concerned about I'm not sure. I think awareness is key. I think that sometimes, though, you have to use mascot animals yeah. to allocate, f- um, and then allocate yeah. funds um, yeah. differently than you raise them. So, for example, the WWF uses pandas to raise money, and then they distribute that money to other species that need help more than pandas. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, you, you can use a cute animal to raise funds yeah. and then distribute those funds differently. Yeah. Um, that, that's one way. Another way is to teach people about them. I'm a strong believer that if people knew more about animals, they'd be more interested in protecting them. I think that if you learn about animals, you'll love them. And if you love them, you'll want to be kind to them and protect them. So I think that, um, teaching people how awesome invertebrates are, I think that that is one way we can, we can help do that. And I think you're doing your part.
Yeah, oh, no, definitely. Thank you. And I wondered if, as well, is there anything else you want to talk about or that you want to say to people listening or? Um, no, I think I think we more or less covered yeah. it. But everyone, feel free to search species on your podcast app. Yeah. If you like animals, you'll love the show. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. And yeah, if you want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. And so for anyone listening, if you want, if you're looking for new podcasts about animals, then um, search for Species Podcast and also um, follow Macken on follow Macken on Twitter. And um, there's always lots of interesting animal facts and like um, he's also done a lot of articles about um, animal rights and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you can check out my writing online. If you just, if you Google Mac and Murphy or Google Species Podcast, you'll find everything you need. Great. Cool. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. All right.